for being here, my friend. I'm Vonna Davis, and from my heart, I welcome you to the Midlife Confidence Podcast, the show that will help you skip the midlife crisis and fulfill your midlife quest. I found the key to growing in our middle years lies in managing our own mind. I want to teach you to reimagine your identity and purpose and live a life full of possibility. Join me on a journey to discover your midlife confidence. Hey, are you ready for some election resilience? It's election week and a new U.S. president will be elected tomorrow. And I actually love that I get to share these thoughts with you before I have any idea of who's actually going to win the election. Because then you know that my perspective is exactly the same no matter what the outcome is. So this election, it brings up a lot of emotions for us. I think there's a lot of election fatigue with all the division and contention that's been going on. Today, you're in uncertainty. I would even call this election an uncertainty bomb. And if you're listening to this after the election, you're still in uncertainty because you don't know yet what the consequences will be in the coming years of having whoever was elected as president. Uncertainty is imperfect information. It's, I don't know what comes next. It's, I can't see the end result. And I'm afraid something really bad is going to happen. Uncertainty can feel really terrible when we spin in it. And there's a whole range of uncertainty from uneasy to worried to outright full-on panic and fear of the future. So let's talk about uncertainty and how we don't know where the world is going now. So it's time for some election resilience. Could we just have a group hug, a big virtual hug, and have some compassion for all of us, even those of you who think your guy won? Because no matter which party is taking control, there are going to be disappointments and failed promises and frustrations ahead. There always are. Given the options we have, it's pretty much a guarantee. It's almost like, One upside to having your candidate or party lose is that you get to blame the other side for all the problems in the next four years, right? Yes, this is modern democracy at work. So here's how the universe works, at least for mortal beings like us who have thoughts and feelings but can't control everything. You can cast your vote and even campaign for someone for months, but after that, whoever wins the election is a circumstance out of your control. No one has the power to make 130 million plus voters vote the way they want them to. But everything else that happens for you after that circumstance, that is in your control. You get to decide what you want to think. You get to decide how you want to feel. You get to decide what actions you're going to take. You get to decide the experience you want in your own life in relation to this election, regardless of the conditions that come. So let's talk about what's still in your power. We could hand over our power to an unwelcome election result and spend years ahead feeling outraged and powerless. Or we could keep our power and create the life we want in spite of what happens at the top. I mean, the ultimate act of defiance is to live well, right? So let's remind each other of what the election can't change or diminish, at least not without our permission and collaboration. The election can't change our own self, who we are, and how we decide to show up in the world. 
The election can't change how we feel about life, about the future, about our country, about anything, actually. Those feelings come from the thoughts we choose to think. The election can't change our relationships with our family, our friends, or community unless we let it. The election can't stop you from enjoying the vast majority of things that you find pleasure in, like nature and books, music, movies, food. You're still going to get to create things, learn things, love people, commune with God. All of that is still going to be available. And remember that the policies and laws that affect you the most are the ethical laws you choose to guide your life and the personal policies you create to guide how you show up and treat other people. I loved this Facebook post that I read from someone I don't even know. You know how things work on Facebook. One of my friends shared another woman's post who said she was copying a friend's post. Well, here's what this post said. As the world fights to figure everything out, Biden, Trump, COVID, Black Lives Matter, and life, I'll be holding doors for strangers, letting people cut in front of me in traffic, keeping babies entertained in grocery lines, stopping to talk to someone who's lonely, tipping generously, sharing food, giving children a thumbs up, being patient with sales clerks, smiling at passers-by. Why? Because I will not stand to live in a world where love is invisible. Join me in showing kindness, understanding, and judging less. So my friends, in short, there are two important things that are still true. You are still you and you will always be you and always be in charge of your life. And God is still God and will always be God and will always be in charge of the world. Whoever is in charge of the White House actually has much less power over you than those two sources of true power, you and God. And remember that Jesus Christ taught personal revolution, not political revolution. He taught that peaceful change in ourselves is what revolutionizes the world. Now, I don't want you to think I'm just preaching toxic positivity. I'm talking about the big picture, long term, and I'm definitely not saying it doesn't matter what happens. It's infinitely important. But nevertheless, we don't control it. In the immediate present, there's going to be disappointment, confusion, anger, maybe disgust. That's probably the emotion that comes up for me the most, disgust and disbelief that this is where our country is. Maybe there's some hopelessness. It's for sure a good and necessary thing to allow real feelings, to process them and let them move through you, but don't live in them. They'll keep you stuck. Living in negative emotions drains our energy without any positive results. You get to determine what's enough and when you want to move on. So let's get back to emotional resilience, how we can bounce back, better yet, how we can bounce forward from stress and crisis situations. When it comes to politics, we have our work cut out for us, but it's a perfectly designed boot camp to build emotional resilience. It's like we can see the fear train and all the people jumping on it. We see where that train is going and we decide not to get on it. We get to learn to cope well with others' opinions, judgment, and emotions. We get to learn to cope with others' actions from laws and policies, taxes, scandalous unethical behavior, who knows what's coming ahead. We get to learn to cope with our own thoughts, our own emotions. 
We get to learn to cope with the results that trickle down in our neighborhoods, our schools, and our homes. So let's talk about some ways to build emotional resilience. This is an enormous topic, so here's just a few ideas. One is changing our mindset from threat to opportunity. You know that when we feel threatened, our subconscious brain goes into fight, flight, or freeze, and then we can't think clearly, we don't make the best decisions, and we can't communicate well. Well, we can get out of our subconscious stress response and into the thinking part of our brain by just asking ourselves a question. When we ask any question, our mind will pay attention and get to work answering the question from a more rational part of our brain. It's kind of amazing how this works, and this simple practice can help move you in the right direction just about every time you feel stressed about something. So the question is, how could this threat be an opportunity? And we could just practice that right now. Think about something that you're stressed about, could be the election or anything else in your life, and take a few deep breaths. Just breathe in. Breathe out, and I'll let you take a few breaths on your own, and think about that thing, and ask yourself that question, how could this threat be an opportunity? Remember how that felt, and then try it out the next time you're actually feeling some kind of stress, worry, or frustration. Remember to ask how could this threat be an opportunity? And then give your mind some space to work on that. I love working through possible answers to this question with my coaching clients. Being able to see that there's an opportunity in every challenge is a big boost to our emotional resilience. I love this quote that my boss, Robert Todd, in the mechanical engineering department at BYU used to say all the time, and he was quoting Thomas Edison. He would say, opportunity is often missed because it comes dressed in overalls and looks like work. For sure, it takes a little work to see the opportunity in the challenges we face, but I promise it's there. So here are some more resilient ways to think about uncertainty. Did you ever realize that in times of uncertainty, anything is possible? It's kind of this space where anything could happen, and that can be kind of fun to think about. There's so many options open. For example, just in everyday life, lots of people feel stressed when they're job hunting, and they just want to find that job and not have to worry anymore. But it could be so much fun to think about all the possible jobs that might come your way, what would be the most exciting thing that could show up? Until you accept a job offer, there's always a possibility that something unexpected and so exciting could come your way. For this election, when I'm recording this, I really have no idea who's going to win or how the country is going to respond to the results. Right now, I can imagine either side winning, and I can also imagine the possibility, maybe I'll call it a miracle, that my fellow citizens will all take a deep breath and decide that they're going to support our country and our principles of democracy by standing for a peaceful continuation or transition of power, whichever it is. My son posted something on Facebook the last few days that I really liked, and he said, if the person you voted for didn't win, you should still, dare I say, more so, 
Pray and hope for the person who is elected to be successful and do a good job because this is still our country. I couldn't agree more. Today, that miraculous outcome is still a possibility and I can hope for it to happen. Another way to look at it, kind of along the same lines, we can flip the worst case scenario into the best case scenario. We could use our amazing brain, which is inventing so much fear and anxiety and worst case scenarios to create best case scenarios. What if no matter who wins in the coming months, we see our country unite, have differing opinions without violence and name calling, turn disagreements into effective dialogue, and grow to love the idea of doing what's right together instead of being right. So creating best case scenarios is one way to build emotional resilience. And another way to deal with uncertainty is the opposite. So maybe going back to the worst case scenario we can imagine. And also something our mind can do is go through that worst case scenario and envision how you will still be okay, actually even thrive in it. I'm a big fan of spiritual creation, meaning creating things in your mind first, which then leads us to creating our reality next. So what if the worst case social political scenario is coming? Instead of free-floating anxiety about it, we could just go there in our mind. We could use the power God gave us to design our experience in life. How could you and your family thrive and flourish in that worst case scenario? What would that look like in detail? I offer that as a really great journaling exercise, and you could talk about it with your family because the actual writing and talking about it forces our brain to work out the details, and it's much more likely to become real that way. For sure, it would be better preparation for challenging times than just spinning in worry and helplessness. I decided to take this approach on my belief walk this morning, and I love to take a walk when the sun comes up over the mountains and listen to some inspiring instrumental music and envision good things, great things happening in the future, even reframing things in the past, practicing that spiritual creation I was talking about. So on my walk today, listening to my favorite Helen Jane Long music again, I imagined the worst case of the country falling apart, corruption at the highest levels, violence, anarchy, complete abandonment of constitutional principles. And I also imagined myself and my husband, my family, all of our extended family, all of our friends, all of the good people we know, so many of them, all of us growing stronger, the weaker that society gets, growing brighter, the darker the times get, growing wiser, the more senseless our leaders get banding together in solidarity and protecting each other, showing up like heroes and warriors on a battlefield and knowing for sure that we win. And you know, it was hopeful. It was good. I felt confident and inspired. Can I say to you, I'm so glad we've got each other to stand together. I know you have deep strength and wisdom to share with me and everyone around you. Thank you for being who you are. Here's a challenge that I accept and I invite you to do that as well with me. Let's make a pact that we're going to learn to live well in any circumstance, no matter what happens. Watch this. It's going to be amazing. We're going to show up and be bright lights and make miraculous things happen and earn our battle stripes and still be standing when the smoke clears. 
it's the most audacious thing we could do. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. As a life coach, I teach people to see the possibilities open to them, to re-envision their identity and purpose. Somewhere in the middle of life is the perfect time to update your mind and how you're thinking so you can make the most of the rest of your life. You can get in touch with me and schedule a free discovery call by emailing me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com or on my website, midlifeconfidencecoach.com or message me on social media at Midlife Confidence Coach. I can answer all your questions about how coaching could help you. All that is in the show notes. Take care until next time.